I don't really like Halloween. Whoa. Sorry. Whoa, why? Why are know. you hating on Halloween? I just kind of like. She's not spooky. She... <laughs> not spooky. Guys, listen. It's because she's looking for a boo. Can I tell you one of the things on my bucket list right now? Yeah. It's uh, I really just want to work at a haunted house and scare people. You've I'll... always said that. Yeah. You need to do that. Do it so Sign you need to do that. I tried to this year, but it was just crazy. But next year, you're going to find me. Haunted circus. I bet someone would take you for one day. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like one hour. Welcome to This Is Kingdom. This is Grace. This is Talon. This is TJ. And this week, y'all, we're going to be talking about the talk, Seeing God's Family Through the Overview Lens by Sister, I didn't know her name was Tamara. Tamara? I'm saying Tammy. Tammy. I always thought it was Tammy. I only knew her name as Tammy. Whoa, okay. Tammy W. (laughs) Runya. You were trying to say it and I said- That threw me off. That threw me off so much. All right, Grace. how to say that. Give it to us, Grace. Um, I think it's interesting because I feel like for every single person on earth, there's someone that we're probably worried about. I don't know if worried is a great word for that, but yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Someone Mm. that you're thinking about, someone that I think humans by nature tend to get worried. I think that's a very human emotion, human feeling. And I think there's always usually someone at some point that you're worried about. And I'm not saying worried about specifically like in a spiritual sense. Maybe that's true. Maybe you are like, hey, I don't know about the decisions they're making. Or maybe it's more of like, I don't know how they're doing in school right now. I'm worried about them for this and this and this. Yeah, or just like, I hope they're doing okay. Yeah. Like maybe they went through a breakup. You're like, oh, I'm worried about them Mm. post-breakup. I'm worried about them after they just lost the football playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think we just tend to do that as humans. And I think in moments like that, I think that's when this talk is so powerful is in moments when you're worried for someone, this talk speaks so beautifully to that. And it reminded me of a conversation that I had like a year ago, maybe two years ago. I don't remember. It's a surprise. But I had this conversation. I was talking with my friend and she worked at a treatment center for youth that were kind of struggling. And while she was working there, they had pretty strict rules. Obviously, she was there to help. But they had pretty strict rules about, like, things they could and couldn't talk about. And religion was super off Mm -hmm. the table. Like, it's just, like, not the place, not the time, which makes perfect sense. Like, that's great. Like, totally worked. But we were driving together and we were talking and she was like, it's so hard for me because I worry so much about these kids. Like She's like, I spend every day with them. I love them. And I worry so much about these kids because I wish that I could talk about the thing that's helped me the most in my life. And that's Jesus, but I can't. So, like, I feel a little bit trapped by that. And we were kind of unpacking that whole situation And then just like so clearly the spirit just like, like gave me like the most beautiful idea of it. And I was talking to her about it and I was like, listen, the thing is, is that you might not be able to like introduce those kids super clearly to Jesus, like in your head, what you would normally do to help someone learn about Jesus. But I think that one day when they finally meet him, they'll be able to recognize him because of the way you love them, Mm -hmm. that he'll feel familiar. And there's this beautiful quote in the talk that is at the very end that she says, I believe heaven will feel familiar because of how they were loved here. And I think that maybe we just need to take a step back and say, wait, maybe I don't need to worry. Maybe I don't need to get stressed. Maybe I don't need to be pressed about like whatever I'm nervous for, for them. Maybe that it's that I can't introduce them to Jesus the way that I had in mind or that I typically do. Or maybe you're worried for them because of their circumstances or whatever it might be. But maybe this step back actually needs to be like, you know what, how can I make Jesus feel familiar to them? Like, what could I do to make sure that one day when they meet Jesus, he actually feels familiar? You know, what's so interesting in this talk kind of hit on it. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's so true. I think sometimes when we love someone or we worry about them, 
what we naturally go to is criticizing them. And we, we want to start like pointing out like all the things that they're doing wrong or all the things they could be doing better or like every area that they're falling short in. But what I loved about this talk is that it's like that actually might not be the most helpful thing for that person. Like the most helpful thing could be the person who like points out the good that they are doing or the person that like helps them believe in themselves. And it's interesting because I think we confuse love with worry. And that's basically what she said, that worry and love, they can be confused, but they're not the same. Right? Yeah. And it just made me want to like love people in this way that like when they're with me, they believe more in themselves. You know, when they're with me, they feel better about who they are and more confident in their own abilities, you know? Yeah, I feel like hearing you guys talk about this and start to unpack this, it makes me think about if this was your intention, it, it starts to change everything that you do. You know what I mean? Because now you're not just reading scriptures to read them. Now you're reading to make sure you got the character of Christ right so you can exemplify that with your friends and loved ones or people that you're worried about or whatever. It changes the way that you pray and it changes the way that you give advice and how you listen. I don't even have any strong thoughts right now other than, okay, if I'm trying to follow these things that you guys are, you know, starting to unpack, it's going to start changing things, especially changing my spiritual habits. And it's super interesting. Like for me, at least when I read this, I instantly in my head, was like, my goal is to make Jesus familiar to people, hmm. however that looks like. And I think sometimes I default to worry. You know what I'm saying? And I like make that excuse like, oh, like I'm worried about you because I love you. And that's the same thing in my head. But all of a sudden, just barely, I just started thinking and I was like, I don't think Jesus worries about us. Yeah. And he tells us not to worry. Yeah. Right. Doubt not, fear not. Don't let your heart be troubled. He literally like, stop it. 100%. <laughs> stop worrying. And then in my head, I'm like, it's so interesting that I make that my excuse. Oh, I'm worried because I love you. When in reality, I don't think Jesus would ever say that to us. I don't think Jesus would look at us and be like, oh, I'm worried because I love you. I don't think Jesus gets worried. I think instead he would look at us and he would tell us who we were. You know, like when he met Peter, before Peter was even Peter, before when Peter was Simon, he looked at him and he didn't say, hey, I'm worried that you're just like kind of an average guy. You're just a fisherman. I don't know if you're up for this task. I'm worried that maybe in the end you're not going to be as loyal as other people say. He didn't say that. Even when Peter messed up, he didn't say that. He didn't say, I'm worried about where you're going with this. Instead, he looked at him and he said, hey, actually, I'm going to change your name because I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. Instead of being Simon, I'm going to make you Peter, the rock. You're actually a foundation. And it's interesting because I'm like, we make that excuse so easily when in reality, I think that maybe Jesus would just have us sit down. He's like, hey, you want them to know me a little bit better? Start speaking to who they are. And I really think this worry that we express or this criticism that we express, like it comes from a good place. Like it yeah. comes from a genuine place to like help that person become the best version of themselves. But just talking about this now, I think of the people who've most impacted me. And it's not the people who worried so much about the things that I was slipping up on. It was the people who could not stop talking about the person that I could become. And they painted such a clear picture of who I could be that I wanted to chase that. And like that made me change. That made me transform. That made me become because they made me believe that I actually could become that person. Yeah, I love. So hearing you say that, Tom, makes me think of this story that that she brings up about Elder Maxwell. And anytime someone shares a story about Elder Maxwell, bro, I'm like, bro, I'm going to think about that story some more because he's a freaking beast. <laughs> Elder Maxwell, he's the real deal, man. I'm going to just read it from the talk. She says, shortly after Elder Maxwell passed away, a reporter asked his son what he'd miss most. He said dinners at his parents' house because he always left feeling like his dad believed in him. Mm. And it's like, Bye. That is so good cute. night. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> and then tying this in with like think thinking celestial, right? From President Nelson, it's like, what if we took some of these relationships where we're a little bit worried? And what if we took a step back and we're like, what do I want them to remember about me? Maybe long after I'm gone or after I leave the picture. Do I want them to remember that I was the friend that was always nagging them and telling them I was worried about them? Or do I want to be the friend that they felt loved and they felt like you believed in me and all that? Okay, then that's my question, though. How do you help someone realize you believe in them? Like, how do you communicate that? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> you know? DJ, give it to him. He's <laughs> okay. like, I got nothing right now. Okay, <laughs> I've, got, I've been pretty hyped about this because I used to think that it was always, like, literally being like, oh, I, like, I believe in you. Like, you're so awesome. And that's, like, part of it. But the other part is building a relationship so you can be bold with love. Some of my most uplifting experiences this semester has been students coming in and us being able to talk and build a relationship to the point where I can be bold with love, where I could be like, dude, this is not it for you, bro. Like you way better than this. Like you way higher than this. Like, like you're a high level person and this, all these things are like holding you down. And I think there's a lot that goes into being bold with love, but like actually seeing where they could go and seeing their potential and also like just calling out truth. Like just telling the truth, not being too bold without love, but not being too love loving without being bold. So that was a big ramble that did not make sense. So no, but what, what it made me think, what <laughs> <laughs> it made me think of like the most tender little experience that I had. I, I lived in this apartment and we had a rock wall, which was so cool because we could just use in it your, whatever. In your apartment? Well, no, okay, not in our apartment, in like our clubhouse. <laughs> What's okay, that? <laughs> It's I'm just gonna let everyone dollar, think that. It's okay. a three million dollar apartment. In my apartment, York, my yeah. college apartment, we had a rock wall in it. Anyways, my little sister was like super young then, and she loved to come to the rock wall, and so it was like our bonding thing. And she was like young, and so this wall was like huge to her, and it was like almost unconquerable at times. And I just remember like so many times she'd get halfway, and she'd be like, "I can't, I can't do it. Like I'm not gonna make it." And she started getting shaky. And I'd never look at her and just be like, you'll never make it. Like, you're shaking too much. You're going too slow. Like, <laughs> I would never do that. But over and over again, like, I have no doubt you're going to make it. Like, I know that you can. I, I know that you're going to get that. I know that I know that you're capable. Mm. And it was the coolest thing to, like, watch it get to the top and just, like, hit the top. I'm like, yeah, like, you got it. And I think that's the difference. It's looking at someone shaking on the wall, not pointing out how shaky they are not pointing out that they're going slow, not pointing out all the issues, but it's looking at them on that rock wall saying, I know you can get to the top. Mm. I fully believe that you can do that. And I'm, I'm going to keep believing in you no matter how shaky you get. Oh, I had a conversation with someone a few weeks ago and we were kind of talking about that. And we were talking about how sometimes we forget how important our vocabulary is and how sometimes when we're worried about people we want them to do things because we're like oh that will fix the problem and then we like look at them like let's say it's your friend they're not going to church and you're like oh I just really hope that you go to church on Sunday like I know you need it that's like a common thing that people would say right or like if you're someone's needs to clean up you're like oh I really hope you do the dishes while I'm gone because I've been so busy and the conversation we were having is like yeah you can say that or you can go into the conversation instead of talking about what they're doing like the action, you can actually talk about who they are. So like the first example, instead of being like, oh, I really hope you need church. Like you need church. I really hope you show up on Sunday. It's saying, hey, you have such a good heart. Like I'm stoked to hear how your Sunday goes this Sunday. And like yeah. doing the dishes instead of being like, hey, like thank you so much for always being so helpful. And the thing is, is like for one second, you're like, oh, that kind of seems manipulative. Like are you like tricking them? But if you actually are complimenting who they are, it's not. So don't like make up an excuse. Like don't like make up a reason why you know that they can do it. But it just like always makes me want to think like, oh, 
am I speaking to things you are not doing or am I speaking to who you are as a person? Because if I'm speaking to who you are as a person, maybe you'll walk away like knowing that I believe in you. I think it's such a good thing to point out that this can't be like, uh, oh, I'm going to use this to like get people to do what I want. Yeah. Like this has to be the lens that you see through people with. Like you have to get to the point that you genuinely see people as who they truly can become. And I think that's why in, in Moroni 7, he's like, you need to pray with all the energy of your heart that you can be filled with charity, that you can be filled with the love that makes you see the truest potential in people. And that's just my biggest thought of like disciples see the very best potential in others and they do everything they can to help them get there. Jesus will not feel more familiar to someone if you're lying to them. Mm. That just won't, that's it so just true. won't work. Yeah, don't lie. So good. Don't TJ, <laughs> give it to him, my man. All right. You guys are going to want to join in with me. I just changed the song in my head right now. So <clears throat> you guys are going to want to sing. Everybody in this room, literally. Okay. You've got a friend in me. Come on, baby. <laughs> You've got a friend in me. Yeehaw. When the road gets rough ahead and you're miles and miles from, from that nice warm bed you just remember what your old pal said boy you, you got, got a friend, friend in me yes you mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. you got a friend in me one more time <laughs> yeah you've got a friend in me yeah those are how yeah. I wasn't ready <laughs> see you next week yeah Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs>